0: Gals and non-binary pals, welcome to In the Chaos, a podcast between two friends just trying to have it all. Each week, we'll share with you how we're dealing with the chaos of culture, politics, and astrology. I'm Sarita, Executive Director of Emerge Texas and Intuitive Witch. I blend the magical with the practical to create a better community for all.
1: And I'm Cal. I'm a full-time semi-professional homosexual, particularly this Pride Month. A media strategist, a witch, and I am so tired. (laughs) Um, That is Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Um, God, just, it's a lot. Y'all know we record this shit on Mondays, um... There's just a lot of shit going on um, and I'm tired, but you know what? We're here, we're doing the show for the people as we always do, it's what we're here for. Um, and this week we got plenty to get into. Um, we're gonna be starting off with the chaos as we always do, the chaos of these, these uh, pop culture and these politics and this astrology. Um, we'll be getting into that thought shit. Yes! Um, all of these, you know, big moments in astrology this week holds for us, um, which I was reminded doesn't necessarily mean it will be good things, um, and some things that are bringing us some joy this week. Um, then we're going to jump into the meat and potatoes of our episode, and this week we're talking about Juneteenth, uh, what it is, why we celebrate it, um, and how we envision Juneteenth being celebrated and um, this shit stain of a country and then finally as always we got your call to action and heads up we're going to be talking all about peer-to-peer reparations baby Woo! (laughs) so uh we're gonna dive right on in
0: Friday, Miss Tina Snow, also known as Megan the motherfucking stallion, gave us the fucking glory that is thought shape. <laughs> I definitely stayed up thursday night to watch the video when it came out um because commit dedication that's me um it, if you haven't seen the video you're fucking up i don't know if you've heard of this thing called youtube it's on the thing called the internet you're gonna type in thought shit. megan the stallion is there it's great um the song the song in and of itself is a banger, but like the music video is just all about. Like she talked about uh, this in her live stream that she did before the video came out. Yes, I was very busy Thursday night. Um, but like men in particular, but people. Are so quick to like demonize a woman for like being in charge of her sexuality. And Megan the Stallion has definitely gotten a lot of shit. And then after um she was physically assaulted over last summer by fuck boy Tory Lanes.
1: Literally um, fuck you, Tory Lanes. Did you know, speaking of
0: Tory Lanez, uh, Tory Lanez says that he is 5'8", but because he was arrested last summer after shooting Megan in the foot, uh, there's like the police report. And on the police report, he is (laughs) 5'3". Shut the fuck up. I hate the police, but they finally did one good thing for me. And that was give me Tory Lanez's true height because he has worked very hard to convince people he's five eight and we love a short king. Just don't fucking lie to me and don't put your hands on women, especially mm-hmm. Megan the Stallion. But anyways, back to Meg, back to who we're here for. Thought shit is all about embracing the thought life and telling these dudes to fuck right on off. Um, anyone who knows me knows that hoe is life never forget.
1: And like Miss Tina Snow, consi- like Miss Tina Snow as the alter ego of Megan the Stallion, or one of the alter egos, I should say, or personas, Um, consistently, like that has always been her bit, right? Um, And I particularly love the return of Tina Snow's like hair vibes that she always has going. She's always like, meg when she is tina snow has this blonde moment happening has this like short cropped haircut happening big boss bitch vibes i fucking love the song um i had it on repeat all day on friday um and megan decided i was cracking up that like a couple weeks ago meg announced that she was going to be going on like quote a, hi- a hiatus and five weeks later she's like okay i'm back to give you girls something you didn't deserve once again um but then a again I go, hiatus
0: aka i'm gonna go record this song and make a video for it but like, like i respect it like meg i mean she definitely released some like vacation pics of her and party which like if any two people should start in only fans it is Megan and Party. Oh God! Like damn. they are beautiful, perfect, and he is so in love with her. Like he talks, Ugh. like he's vocal about like his love for her and his commitment to the relationship. As which, he like, fucking should. Exactly. Be. Exactly. We don't applaud men for doing the bare fucking minimum, but I will acknowledge that he's not fucking up.
1: Ugh. Yes. So much love for them. I love them um and we love meg thank you for yet another summer banger um speaking of things that have made me happy in the last week um if you haven't watched hacks on hbo max i'm talking to sarita fontanessi right now um <laughs> you need to get on it ladies and gentlemen the queen of sin
0: city miss damper vance you you guys are gonna have a fabulous time
1: <laughs> Ow! 2500 shows. What do you have to say? Well, I'll tell you what I have to say.
0: Eat your heart out, Celine. Um it's uh
1: it's an easy watch, 30 minutes an episode, 10 episodes. If you have access, highly recommend. If you don't have access, consider getting a subscription just to watch this. Um but if you don't know, Hacks, kind of a quick synopsis, Hacks is about um, a, an older woman, an old woman comedian um, who's been in the game for decades. She has this Las Vegas residency and um, the the folks at the casino that she has this residency and are trying to, like, push her out because she's old, because uh, the joke is that um, <laughs> they booked the Pentatonics are replacing her, <laughs> and she's like, "What in the fuck are the Penta Fucking Tonics?" Um, yeah. it's it's a very good scene, actually. Um, Wait, is anyway. it
0: Pentatonics or Pentonics?
1: Pentatonics. Pentapox. Mm, I'm pretty sure I've heard of that. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay. Okay. No, it's the Pentatonics. Okay. Um. And so in addition to like, while that is happening, um, there is this very young uh, comedy writer or a writer actually more broadly um, who she's like 25, um, who like had a lot of early success um, as a writer on um, like a TV show and like on the internet was big on like Twitter and then got canceled. Um, And so like, no one will hire her. Um, her manager can't get her booked anywhere, um, and she's kind of like desperate for work. And so her manager is also the manager for Gene Smart, the the actor Gene Smart who plays um, the main character comedian in this um, in the show, and is like basically like ships her off to Las Vegas to work for Gene Smart to like help her like get her mojo back kind of um and it's fucking hilarious like it's a it is a show about comedy um so it's like bound to be funny gene smart is a fucking icon and like plays this character so fucking well is so funny there's so much like interesting commentary on like um varying like generations as like this very young like gen z millennial human is like working with this like boomer um who is like also a woman is like the first you know their part of the show is that she was almost the first woman to host a late night show and like like pioneered her way through the the um the industry and that kind of thing um it's just like i cannot say enough like i laughed so hard um In addition to that, I want to give a special shout out to Meg Stalter, who plays Kayla in Hacks. Meg Stalter, um, you may have seen, I most recently discovered her because for Pride, she did the uh, butter video of like the butter company (laughs) (laughs) that is like doing the Pride commercial. (laughs) And like, there's a line in there where it's like, here at whatever the fucking company was, we love gay. Yes, <laughs> <And> yes. <laughs> it's iconic. Go find her on Twitter. I think she tweeted the video.
0: Hi, gay. Happy Proud Month. We are sashing away with deals this month at the Butter Shop. We're running a special deal. If you can prove that you're queer, you get three pints off your fir- your your choice of creamed, checked, or drowned drowned butter. And if you do mouth stuff, you get four. We love gay. And it's awesome. But
1: um, Meg Salter is fucking incredible. Her character, Kayla, is like a master class and like the oblivious, like the oblivious character just like doing her thing. And it makes her so fucking funny. Um, she is in the show. She plays the assistant to the manager for both Gene Smart and for um, the um the up-and-coming like writer who's been cancelled um and just has like has like so many great moment- moments as a supporting actor um so anyways highly recommend funny ass show um if you need a little something to bring your day absolutely and we
0: all here's the thing HBO max it doesn't care if we have to restart it 12 times because the content, nothing but bangers. So give it a go. I that that's a note to me. I will give it a go. Um, um more fun news. Uh Chris Harrison is no longer with The Bachelor. Don't <laughs> let the fucking door hit you on the
1: way out, asshole. Or hat.
0: do. Or um, please do. There was a quote from Rachel Lindsay, um, who if you're like not a Bachelor person, she was the first uh, Black Bachelorette. Um, and has, like, really, like, catapulted to, like, um, entertainment and, like, hosting stardom. Slash is just, like, really fucking funny and brilliant and beautiful and perfect. Anyways, the real downfall of Chris Harrison began uh, in this past season of The Bachelor um, where he basically defended one of the contestants who, in, like, 2018, so not even that long ago, photos resurfaced of her at a Antebellum party, which Lord knows what the fuck that means.
1: um Doesn't so, antebellum just refer to like pre war South or some shit? Slavery. It refers oh, to yeah. slavery. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like- there it is. <laughs> <Yep>. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because before the Civil War, there was just say- slavery. <laughs> yeah. There was just <laughs> slavery. Uh-huh. Um,
0: And yeah, so Chris kind of defended uh, this contestant. Uh, It's believed that he was put up to it by the show because the show knew that she was going to win The Bachelor, and so they needed to do some damage control. But either way, Chris, you're an adult with a brain and could have made a different decision. And he had an interview with Rachel Lindsay, and Rachel rightfully pushed back and was like, And that's it.
1: Like, boom. Like, okay, well, this, this girl is in this book now, and she's now in this group. And I'm like, really? Okay. well there well, goes the
0: picture was the- from 2018 at an old South antebellum party so I think, and he just like got really white man defensive and she was like okay well like you can fuck right on off uh and so that was the kind of the beginning of the end the unraveling of chris harrison with the bachelor franchise there was kind of no real coming back from it but rachel lindsay was quoted last week like when it was announced that chris harrison uh was no longer going to be with the franchise rachel lindsay just goes I honestly didn't think it would go this far.
1: <laughs> I saw that headline. <laughs> oh, that was so good. She was like, I didn't plan to take down a powerful white man in media, but here we are. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she's a
0: badass bitch. Um, yeah. she's fucking amazing. Uh I am I am watching the current season of The Bachelorette. They just had their first episode last. There's another one right now. There's always, there's always. It's oh, Bachelor, Jesus. Bachelorette, Batch in Paradise. Like you, there's always someone to engage with. And I give it
1: up if you can't tell.
0: <laughs> I wasn't going to watch this season because, quite frankly, I was very bored during The Bachelor. Um, and there wasn't much, like no one was interesting. So I was like, I don't really give a shit that one of these women's gonna be The Bachelorette. But The Bachelorette's being hosted by um Tasia, who has one of the more recent bachelorettes, also a black woman and another former bachelor person. I can't remember their name. Um, and they're funny. Like they have, they've been on like some podcasts (laughs) and like, they've like done some like interviews and stuff together and they're funny. So I am tuning in. Uh, they get two episodes (laughs) and I'm I'm in or I'm out.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm curious to hear how this goes though, because I did watch during the panini i watched part of Taja's seat wasn't that her season right yeah Yeah. um and i did watch a little bit of it i got bored after a few episodes like a few like whatever but i really enjoyed her so i don't know she might bring me back who's to say
0: I yeah. So there were naturally a lot of racists that said that she was unqualified oh. and that she and Chris Harrison was for also, what, what is finding a decent
1: surgeon yeah, and being like... on The Bachelor for a decade and a half. Like what is the qualification
0: off? for hosting The Bachelor? um i do love bachelor in paradise because it's always messy so looking forward to that this summer um but you know shout out to rachel Lindsay, shout out to tasia shout out to more black women taking white men down uh,
1: big fucking fans um all right you know we gotta get into some yelling before uh, as if we weren't already just yelling um <laughs> before we get into the astrology this week um but um in the last i don't know like three four days there have been several shootings across this godforsaken country um the fur well the first one that i will say being in austin texas then there was also one in savannah and also one in chicago um and If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that Sarita and I care. Sarita lives in Austin, Texas. Austin is my other home. I lived there for several years before living in Washington, DC, where I live currently. Um, and seeing the videos of the, the shooting occurred late Saturday evening, um, on sixth street in Austin, which is where the major strip of, of bars are and all that good stuff. People were out. Um, someone had a gun shot more than a dozen people. Um, one person died and, um, I just gotta give a quick fuck you to, um, the Austin police association, which is the police union in Austin, um, who took to twitter.com, um, to spew a bunch of conservative right-wing bullshit about guns in particular that, Oh, I bet city council will uh, think twice about defunding the police. We need more police. Um, You know, we uh, um, are moving back with these cuts back to about 2014 numbers. You know, that's uh, six years ago. Uh, That's where we're going to be once these cuts are made and we've lost these 150 positions. So, uh, you know, I don't think that's what the citizens of Austin want. They don't want to be at 2014 staffing numbers. They want to. they want the department to grow so they can have police service. Y'all
0: motherfuckers were on 6th Street when it happened. Listen, <laughs> only I... only the case for you not having a budget.
1: <laughs> listen, I was one of thousands of drunk college students on 6th Street on any given Thursday night in college. And I can promise you, and I live in Washington, D.C., one of the most police cities in the country, and I have never seen more cops on like six blocks of city streets that I have on on the Sixth Street strip in Austin, Texas. And like even if you look at the fucking video, there are cops all over the goddamn street who can't do a motherfucking thing. They're fucking useless. And if you didn't know, um city council voted last year to defund or, or to I should say, reduce. to reduce um, the Austin police budget by several tens of millions of dollars, um, which is great. Um, but I just, like, could not believe that at a moment where, like, people were, we were about to, like, lose some people, and we ultimately did lose at least one person who who was shot um, over the weekend, was out here, like, saying a bunch of bullshit about We need more cops with more guns to prevent shootings when Austin police and others are out here murdering people in simple traffic stops on the fucking rag. Yep, yep,
0: yep. Um, They can all fuck right on off. Um, I will give one small flower in this moment to the Austin statesman. there early in the, d- the development of this story, there were a couple, honestly, just like vague uh, descriptions of potential suspects and literally like Austin PD was like, we're looking for a young black man. Like that's basically all they said. Uh, and the statesman was actively reporting on this, like all other news outlets were. And the statesman purposely did not put out any information about a description of the um, potential suspects and of course people are trash on the internet and we're in their comments like why aren't you mentioning like the the description the people need to know so that we can catch the like people who did this statesman came back and said because we do not have a definitive or like a like specific um description Posting and sharing vague descriptions leads to unnecessary harassment and potentially dangerous situations for other people. And I was like, wow, journalism being helpful. This is new. This is different. (laughs) I mean, no shade to my journalists. I love journalists. Most of you are pretty great, but, you know, these big... Outlets can sometimes be real pieces of shit when it comes to covering stuff like this uh, without nuance, without any um, thought for life. Uh, So I thought that was really great. And I hope to see more modeling like that um, amongst our news outlets, because media does play a role in white supremacy. Surprise, surprise. But yes, uh, to any and all folks involved in all of these shootings, um, of course, our hearts go out. Um, I will continue. Cal will continue. We will both continue to screech about the need for serious gun reform. Um, It's particularly frustrating here in Texas uh, because our governor, like less than two weeks ago, uh, passed a permitless carry bill so any person without a permit without background check without training can carry a gun in
1: the state of texas um wild goddamn (laughs) west You just do whatever the fuck you want. Just shoot somebody if you want. Like, just get you a gun, baby. We're basically back to like shootouts in Town Square. Like, (laughs) oh, God. Like, I just, we've said this on this show before, but like, how does anyone look at the, like, particularly at the gun laws and the way that gun culture works in this country? And it's like, yeah, things are chill. Like, good. Yeah, like, we really figured it out here in America. We really did. (laughs)
0: Well, speaking of shit being broken (laughs) and needing to be fixed, uh, real quick, the astrology for this week. Uh, It is a light week, but there's some big shifts happening. Um, As Cal said, big doesn't always mean good, but it also doesn't necessarily mean bad. It just means big uh specifically on monday uh saturn which is the planet of structures so structures systems uh restriction right uh will be square which is an angle of friction and like combativeness uh squares you can think of them as like the the kindling the making a match, right? Like the the friction needed to strike that match. That's a square. Uh, So Saturn will be square Uranus, which is the planet of revolution. So you have a planet that is all about the status quo and the big structural societal systems that maintain and uphold that in a dynamic, (laughs) uh, potentially explosive angle, You did use the word (laughs) match. I did. I did. I keep a book of matches on my desk at all times. Um, (laughs) A planet that is about revolution, upheaval, um, just really shaking shit up. So good news, bad news is we can expect some big shit to get stirred up. And that doesn't always feel good. That doesn't always happen. It rarely happens in a clean, neat way. But we can really use that power and that momentum to make big changes. Um, The last time uh, this specific meeting happened, was February 17th, which we've talked about that before. We were in the winter freeze here in Texas. It's also around the same time that we saw um, people on Reddit like surge the uh, GameStop stocks. Um, And so like talk about shaking up a big old system in order to force change. Um, So again, it might not feel good, it might get messy, but like we can really use it to harness Um, Some forward momentum, which specifically here in Texas, we could use because just this morning, as of the day that we're recording on Monday, ERCOT, which is the uh, company that the private entity that owns the Texas electric grid, which I don't have time to explain anything more than that. Just know it's (laughs) fucked. Um, They put out several statements asking people to conserve energy this week because the grid might not make it. ERCOT is warning Texans forced generation outages and high temperatures could stress the electricity grid this week. It's conducting an analysis with generator owners to determine why so many units are out of service, calling it unusual for this early in the summer. In the meantime, it's asking Texans to reduce electric use as much as possible through Friday, June 18th, including setting your thermostat to 78 degrees or higher, Radio, turning off lights still, and avoid using large appliances. At this hour, what they call an appliances.
1: unusual number of generating plants that are offline. And even in ERCOT's risk scenarios that they include in their summer forecast and their extreme risk scenarios, they did not see this much generating power being lost at one time the system has lost enough electricity to power almost two and a half million homes on top of that wind power was lower today than expected i wish i wasn't quoting them um and i cannot believe they said might not make it uh
0: yes it is in austin alone which austin is central texas so like we're not getting the worst of it in terms of heat it is 99, almost 99 degrees and feels like 102 with the humidity. Places like Houston, places like like West Texas, where it's desert heat, are only hotter. (laughs) And this motherfucker said, set your uh, thermostat to 78 or above. (laughs) And I'm laughing so that I don't cry because hundreds of people died during the winter storm because they didn't have access to power and heat only gets fucking worse and the
1: people other- die all, like every year all the time and all the time. From regular
0: heat. heat like just yeah. like a regular regular hot day where the energy grid isn't about to fucking fail um and the other thing with heat is i i distinctly remember this from when i worked with Uh, I worked at a place that provided services for youth experiencing homelessness. And we would always talk about on staff of like how we had to have like heightened awareness during the summertime, because heat makes people like stressed. Like, you know, the, the thing with hypothermia is everything slows down. Your system slows down, you shut down. Like they talk about people who die of hypothermia, like your brain, shoots off like basically a last wash of like good like feelings heat cooks you if like heat is miserable and it amps everyone up so good fucking luck to texas with our (laughs) air conditioning
1: (laughs) God. Uh,
0: oh, we live in hell. We live in hell. Um, the only last thing about the astrology is next Monday, the 21st, will be the summer solstice and the sun will enter cancer. We'll be in cancer season. Um, some cute stuff on Sunday. Jupiter will station retrograde in Pisces. Jupiter has been moving through Pisces these last few weeks. Um, so Big Daddy Jupe is going to hang out there for a little bit, which... Pisces uh, is one of Jupiter's signs, so it's a really great space um, for Jupiter to be in. And if you're doing anything around like money magic or like using, expanding like your voice, your presence, whatever, this is a good time for that. Um, And send ice water to your friends in Texas.
1: Love you, Big Daddy Jupe. Big Daddy oh, <laughs>
0: Um, Okay, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back for our meat and potatoes.
1: All right, and we are back for the meat and potatoes of this episode. Um, Can you tell I'm a vocally trained human? Um, (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) I'm fully unhinged this week. Um, It's fine. It's Gemini season, shit's chaos. Um, This week, we're talking about Juneteenth Um, on this upcoming Friday um or saturday kidding june 19th juneteenth huh um we will be celebrating juneteenth um so we thought it was a really good time to talk about uh what juneteenth is um and also get into some of the the discourse and yell a little bit about it too um in particular because it's really seemed like in the last like i don't know two years people have like actually started to give a let me let me let me walk that back. White people have actually started to give a shit about uh, what Juneteenth is um, and why we celebrate it. Black people have been celebrating it for literal centuries. Um, so <laughs> um, we thought it was important to to talk through uh, what it is, why we celebrate it, and also like some of the fuck shit y'all are still doing around Juneteenth. Um, so, Sarita, do you want to tell the people? All about Juneteenth. What the hell is it? You know, I would love to. (laughs) Uh, Similar
0: to my retelling of Stonewall, this is a super top level, not even Wikipedia version of Juneteenth. Um, This is going to be shorter than a Wikipedia article overview of Stonewall. I want to be very clear about that. Please do not at me of like, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. I know. I'm trying to get it in in 30 seconds or less, just like me after three margaritas. Um, Do some Googling to learn a little bit more. Caveat out of the way. Um, on June 19th, 1865, the, uh, slaves in Galveston, which Galveston is on the Gulf coast in Texas. Um, and it, Texas represented specifically that area because it was near water. Uh, one of actually the biggest population of slaves in America. So. Pretty important, if you ask me. Uh, anyways, on June nineteenth, 1865, the people of Galveston uh, received word of the Emancipation Procl- Proclamation, which technically ended slavery. Slavery as we knew it to be, because everybody knows slavery is still a thing. That's another episode, though. Anyways, you're probably thinking, but Srida, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863. Why was it, why do we celebrate 1865? And that's because the proclamation was signed in 63. It took two years, two motherfucking goddamn years for the news to travel from Philadelphia, DC. I don't know where the fuck the proclamation was made. I'm not gonna pretend like I give a shit. <laughs>
1: a blanket I hope you're rolling in your fucking grave you dumb shit you dumb piece of shit
0: uh it took two years for the news to travel to Galveston and maybe you're thinking well Sarita they didn't have the internet they couldn't just send a tweet and sure that's fair but it did not take two goddamn years to travel halfway across the country not even the whole country half of it my organ trail player made it across the coast in less time than the fucking emancipation proclamation made it to galveston <laughs> i
1: have a lot of feelings <laughs> Whoa, that was good <laughs>
0: Um. so after that on June 19th we that was when we began celebrating juneteenth the first juneteenth celebration is believed to be june nineteenth, eighteen 1866. uh the reason why we call it juneteenth is because we don't officially we believe it's the 19th somewhere around there so we just celebrated on the 19th we call it juneteenth and it is the celebration of the ending of official slavery like slavery tm
1: like some chattel slavery bullshit yeah. for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It
0: is the. It just changed
1: of that. forms,
0: you know? It did, which again, mm-hmm. that's a different episode and we'll crack <laughs> into it at another time. Uh, you can read the new Jim Crow. You can watch 13th. Like there's plenty. You can Google. Um, but yes. So that is, that is Juneteenth. That is why it is really important. That is why we celebrate it. Um, I told Cal this, and I think a lot of folks in my life probably know, uh, when I was little, I have a vivid memory of celebrating Juneteenth. I probably was like eight or nine um, at a park in Houston. And Destiny's Child did a free concert um, because that is the most Houston shit (laughs) Possible. And it was for Juneteenth. And so, Black folks, we had a good time. We often celebrate with barbecue, family gatherings, a function. Um, the color red, uh, red soda, red food is particularly important to Juneteenth because it is how we commemorate and honor the lives lost because of slavery. Um, and uh, yeah, it is a day that is meant to celebrate um, the ending of, you know, one of the most atrocious things in history and to honor uh, how far we've come to honor the fight that we continue to go through in this godforsaken hellscape. Uh, (laughs) Wow, I, like, knew I was going to have feelings, but, like, whoo, coming in hot. Um, We go. So that's Juneteenth uh we'll get into this more in a little bit there is a current move to make juneteenth a national holiday a la mlk day feelings we will crack into that um (laughs) but that's the overview of juneteenth
1: yeah and i feel like um particularly i'm gonna actually say in the last year Really, um, since um, the uprisings of a little bit more than a year ago after George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis, um, a lot of people, a lot of white people, I'm going to get real specific with our language here um with my language here um and you know a lot of white people were like oh we should like you know like give folks the day off for juneteenth you know like we should recognize juneteenth um as like a holiday because black people um and the shit that annoys me about that is that like these like white majority companies like use it as an opportunity to like give their staff a day off without like doing anything to like talk about the legacy of slavery in this country or like i don't know help black people who were directly harmed by chattel slavery in this godforsaken country. White people just
0: like taking a vacay on Juneteenth and because their companies are like, you can have the day off, is like the Butter commercial of, here at Butter, we love gay.
1: <laughs> like, this doesn't actually mean anything. <laughs> Happy Juneteenth to the Blacks. We yes. love you. Yes, like.
0: Last year, like I have been celebrating Juneteenth most of my life to varying degrees, granted, but like have always at least been aware of it. And all of a sudden last year, every fucking person, what are you doing for Juneteenth? What are you doing for Juneteenth? What are you doing for Juneteenth? Being what? see my own fucking business. That's what I'm doing. Like, can y'all read the goddamn room? <laughs> it's what are I do every kidding? day. But like, it all was like... There was just so much rhetoric around, like, we need to be honoring Juneteenth. Like last year, (laughs) and now I'm in the color purple. Like last year, I did an entire week of programming with the with the party, the state party, um, which culminated in uh, I did a Twitter t- takeover, going over the history of Juneteenth, um, sharing stories from some of our elected staff, candidates, uh, Black candidates who were celebrating Juneteenth, and it was great. I enjoyed it. I'm glad that I got to do it. But and also, why was I working so hard? <laughs> <laughs> like like if anything you should have been resting which is what i'll be doing this juneteenth i will be at a wine tasting
1: (laughs) that's correct
0: being black and minding my own
1: business the thing is and we talked about this sarita but like like white people treat uh juneteenth like mlk day now they like can't even be bothered to read like the letter from Birmingham jail at a bare fucking minimum. (laughs) Right. Like a bare fucking minimum. Like just read that for the day. Like nothing. Um and we're gonna we're gonna get into this in our call to action, but y'all are gonna have to do more than that fucking bullshit. Uh this week. Um but I think in particular, you know, as a white person who grew up in Texas, um you know, and I think this is true for a lot of white people who um, went, like, grew up. I really, I would, I was gonna say public education, but I'm sure the private schools are pretty fucking bad too about this. Um, <laughs> our history education, it turns out, is fucked up, um, <laughs> and it's also anti-black and also racist. Um, so as a result, I didn't know shit about Juneteenth growing up. Um, I've only recently, you know, in the last couple of years, really, like, learned more about Juneteenth um, as a white. Um, and, you know, I think it really speaks to, um, I think, a conversation that a lot of people are having about, like, structural racism and, and the way that it um, permeates across all of our structures, but in, in particular education and especially primary education systems. Um, you know, we spent, like, multiple years in the state of Texas in public schools, like, learning about Texas history, which, Christ Jesus, um, Never forget thing. the Alamo. God damn it, they fucking lost. Like, <laughs> Davy Crockett wasn't from fucking Texas. Like, everyone shut up. He doesn't um, even go here. He doesn't even fucking go here. She doesn't even go here. And we didn't learn shit about Juneteenth. Like, that literally happened in fucking Galveston.
0: Which, again, for people who aren't familiar with Texas geography, Galveston is on the Gulf Coast, which means it is on the eastern part of Texas. Cal is from East Texas which to this day, East Texas has some of the highest populations uh, or concentrations of black folks in the state of Texas. Um, And it is also an area that is often overlooked, underfunded, disrespected in every fucking way. Can't Mm -hmm. imagine how or why. Um, (laughs) And I mean, to your point, like we have been hammered in our heads about goddamn Christopher Columbus and that motherfucker gets a holiday meanwhile we can't even get one fucking sentence attached to the novel of the greatness of the emancipation proclamation to be like but it also took them two years to spread the word and like galveston was just in slavery for two extra years like like i think that's the thing that sometimes people aren't able to like fully connect that like, yes, it's a problem that it took two years for the information to travel and to like not even travel to be expansive enough that like it couldn't be denied because that's really what it was. It is that for two years, people were held in slavery despite it technically not being allowed anymore.
1: Like Like, there were enslaved people who died in those two years that like should not have should not have i mean should never have but like yes. literally under the law like should are you
0: on order fucking weirdos <sighs> should not have and again i think people uh, are so often like oh but like this happened so long ago like of course we don't know it didn't happen that long ago like i don't have to go back like five generations to find an enslaved family member i don't have to go back five generations to find a family member who was around for the first fucking juneteenth like i only got to go back like three like it's not (laughs) it's really not that far that long ago like and i don't i mean i will never understand why people don't get that but coming back to juneteenth um the i think the other thing that we really wanted to make sure we talked about is and to cal's point of years of texas history and this never being a part of it texas is also texas like a lot of states right now are challenging the idea of critical race theory being taught in schools which first of all critical race theory is not being taught in public schools just want to get that out of the way
1: (laughs) it hasn't been you know what these assholes really just love a buzzword they don't Uh need to know what it means they just need something to say
0: like, I saw a tweet that was like, uh, if you learned about critical race theory in school, congratulations for making it to law school.
1: <laughs> right. Or like, <laughs> like- <laughs> I hope you, like, are tenured now, you know, right. with your, in your race studies program where you teach. Yeah, like-, like, I, the like way
0: that these people just jump up in arms at the mere thought that, like, their problematicness might get called into question and like the big rhetoric around it is if we teach critical race theory if we teach about things like juneteenth then that means little white children are going to go home feeling bad about themselves because they're going to think that they're racist and you know what good
1: (laughs) also those kids won't give a shit they'll be like oh okay They're five. They're children. Children are not inherently racist.
0: They are taught it. And so what you're actually afraid of is that those kids are going to come home and start realizing what a piece of shit you are. Oh,
1: oh, oh. And then they're going to say, I got to get out of this goddamn house because you're some fucking racist and I don't want to be associated with you. Thank you. Thank you. Just
0: admit it. You're all telling on yourselves. Um, and so I, I bring this up because, again, you know, Obama ended racism last summer ended racism like there's always this rhetoric of like well if we just have a big thing then that means the problem is completely solved and it's done but like systemic racism does not work that way like going back to when i was talking about the astrology like these big systems don't just dissolve on their own they require friction they require upheaval and they require like actual innovation and change and the other Point that i want to make is the there is uh, an intentionality in the fact that so many people white people don't know about juneteenth or only recently learned about juneteenth and again systemic racism is not just the clan like that is a piece of racism. Mm -hmm. But systemic racism is actively rewriting history. Systemic racism is actively carving out whole chunks of people's experiences and just never mentioning them because white fragility is too fucking fragile. And I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast before, but I definitely say this in my life often. If Black children, if uh brown children if if trans children can learn about the hate that they may come across then your fucking white kid can learn about how to not be hateful Oof. That? Like, mm-hmm.
1: that's it as, that's all as that Cal needs to says, be said. it's just that simple it's really just that simple <laughs> it really is folks it really is like they um
0: is a really emotional video that I think was made, it was made in the last year or so, but it is several black parents having the talk with their black children, ranging from ages like eight to 18 um and if somehow you don't know the talk is the like conversation that every black parent has with their kid of if you ever pulled over by the police this is what you do if you're ever stopped by the police this is what you do this is the only like here are the only two times where it is ever okay to call the police like you know like it is a conversation that i've been having literally my entire life and continue to have my mom still calls me (laughs) to be like, do you remember what to do? And I'm like, yes, I fucking remember, thank you. Black parents have to talk with their children regular, regularly, often, they have to, that is part of being safe. That is part of good parenting as a Black parent. And so if my mom has to sit me and my brother down from an early age to talk to us about interactions with the police and how quickly, easily, and most likely they will go negatively, then you can sit down with Johnny and talk about how your ancestors are the reason why we have to have this talk, to talk about how it is your responsibility to step in when white people are being problematic, when white people are being hateful, when white people are aggressing and being violent towards people of color, towards black folks. And I mean, we'll get into this in the call to action, but when I think about Juneteenth as a black person, It is a moment of rest, a moment of celebration, a moment of, it's a moment for the culture. Like we get to do whatever the fuck we wanna do. It's like that quote, all I have to do is be black and die. For non-black folks, when I think about Juneteenth, it is an opportunity to educate yourself. It is an opportunity to recommit to this fucking work because it does not end after one summer of protest. It does not end after the first Black president, the first Black VP, it does not end after any of these fucking things. It only ends when we constantly, regularly commit ourselves to dismantling systems of oppression. We say it all the time. None of us are free until all of us are free. And so, Juneteenth, for me, again, I'm going to be at a winery living my best fucking life. Hits out, drunk, ready to go, and the rest of you, <laughs> black folks, I wish the same for you. Whatever that, whatever that vibe is for you, I wish that for you.
1: <laughs> That's fucking right.
0: Non-black folks, stay out of our way.
1: <laughs> Read a book. Mm-hmm. Read a book. <laughs> um, send a Venmo, baby. Let's talk about a uh, peer-to-peer reparations real quick. Um, Because this fucking government surely is not going to deliver reparations to Black people on the level necessary probably anytime soon. I want my goddamn 40
0: acres and a mule, and I want it adjusted for appreciation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So get on it, Joey Biden. We're uh, we're looking at you. Yeah. Um, So in the meantime, um, send some money to a Black person that you know. Just... Pull up that Venmo. We all got it on our iPhones. Send $10 to somebody so they can buy another glass of wine at their winery um, that they're spending the weekend at. Um, and, like, I don't know. Fucking, like, find some organization to volunteer with or be a part of in your community. I'm bleeding over into the call to action. I'll save some of this. But... Um, Reparations. It's like peer-to-peer reparations. That's a real fucking thing. And you should fucking do it.
0: Fucking do it. I mean, but like, honestly, like when we, when I talk about Juneteenth, when I talk about MLK Day, Black History Month, like these, these moments that are meant to be a celebration and honoring of Black folks, our history, our commitment to this fucking country, like, look, (laughs) Black people are in an abusive relationship with America and we are willing to go to therapy and get better, (laughs) but we are also tired as fuck because time and time again, we see last summer and then we see this falling off of like, oh, well now all the tech bros get friday the 18th off because Juneteenth's on a saturday this year but like what are you actually doing to better the lives of black people like that is ultimately the question that you need to be asking yourself on juneteenth and quite frankly every day like what are you actually doing to better the lives of a group of people that are historically and currently constantly under threat of violence threat of death threat of loss of resources like I I it sometimes it's really hard and overwhelming to try to like concisely explain the black experience and the the trauma that we are just in all the time and ultimately that's what it comes down to is like we're always in this constant state of trauma and like I very much believe in and uplift and elevate black joy any and all times that i can for myself for others because otherwise i don't know how we would fucking survive and as i've been really cautious of using the word resilient lately um because resiliency for me has turned into this word of so you're able to just get over it rather than what it Mm. actually means of like you have managed to create a life for yourself in spite of uh, shit happening um so i've been really iffy on resiliency lately um Mm. but black folks are able to fucking just get by and do the damn thing in a way that other groups aren't asked to Not necessarily that they can't, but aren't asked to. And so for Juneteenth and again, really for every day, how are you supporting the black community? How are you supporting the black folks in your life? How are you bettering this world by dismantling these fucking systems that are crushing us? And look, it's gonna be clunky, it's gonna be weird, it's gonna feel awkward, you're probably gonna get checked a couple times by it. Like, you know, you don't know what you don't know, but the only way that you will learn is by accepting that maybe you're gonna be wrong sometimes, and maybe you're gonna have to fumble your way to solutions, but ultimately in the end, it is to serve and support all of us, like it is to better the entire community, not just Black folks. Again, when we support the most vulnerable, we uplift everyone. So catch me, tits out, wine
1: deep, and <laughs> be helpful to Black people. <laughs> and dreaming about a Destiny's Child reunion on every street corner of America.
0: Yes. In my future, every Juneteenth, we get another Destiny's Child concert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just Juneteenth, one day only. One day every only. Year. That's it. That's all Joe Biden, asking. are you listening? Beyonce, can you hear me? Beyonce, can they handle this?
0: I don't think they can
1: handle this. I don't think they can handle this. Truly can. Ugh, what an incredible, that's probably one of my favorite Destiny's Child tracks. Anyways. Um, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back to our call to action that we've already given you, but we're gonna do it again. action time you know you know the deal um first is gonna be our internal call to action this is meant to be something that is reflective that you do wait for it internally with yourself on the inside you're thinking you're processing whatever um internal call to action for this week you should listen to and or read the 1619 Project by the New York Times um, if you haven't already listened to it or read it. And if you have already listened to and or read it, do it again. Um, Maybe this is your, you know, letter from Birmingham jail um, that you, you know, make a practice of uh, reading and or listening to um, when Juneteenth rolls around. But shit doesn't stop there. Because Sarita's is going to give you an external call to action so you can Woo-hoo! do more than that.
0: Okay. So you're going to listen to a read 1619 Project and a while you're doing that, before you do that, after you do that, truly at any moment, you are going to redistribute wealth and Venmo a Black person. $5, $10, $50, however many doll hairs you can spare. I think I want to mention with this, I think sometimes people think that if they can't like drop $100 into someone's Venmo, that it's not worth it. It's not worthy. And as someone who has received various Venmos through internet things, $3 feels just as good as $30, as $50, as $100, because ultimately what it means is that you are acknowledging the the need for reparations the need for redistribution of wealth and then and the value that this person has in your life in your world and whatever and look we'll all screech at the millionaires together before we eat them give what you can give what makes sense no one's asking you to bankrupt yourself over this um but yeah for juneteenth give to a black person and it is still pride month so if they happen to be a black queer or trans person oh even better bonus points for you baby Ooh, you get two cookies uh, <laughs> um but that is it for us
1: um cal where can the people find you Oh, you people can find me on the internet, at Cal on Twitter and Instagram. You know the deal. I'm not accepting your Facebook friend requests. Um, Sarita, where can they find you on the internet? Maybe drop that Venmo for the people too.
0: Oh, love it. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Sarita Fanta, S-C-R-I-C-A-F-O-N-T-A. Turns out that's also my Venmo handle. So oh. there you go. Same, same um or you can find my website sarita f s-e-r-i-t-a f as in frank.com um and that's it we will see you next time thanks y'all bye